0: Hey, everybody. We're recording a podcast. Welcome to episode 33. 33. Of Dead Time Stories. Stories. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Mary Angela.
0: Yay. Yay. Mary Angela's back, you guys. She's back, 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 back again. And this is Dead Dead Time Time Stories. With a hard Z. I
2: already said that, but that's cool. (laughs) It's fine. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. You guys, we're recording on Christmas Eve. So, you know, it'll be
0: out the day after Christmas or whatever.
2: The day after, two after days. Christmas. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah Not boxing yeah, yeah. Day. We've also day after eaten after. a lot of day really good food. Day. Ugh, so much food. And I had two moonshine cherries, and I've been drinking this fucking Hatteras Red from the Duplin Winery, which is in North Carolina. We had a whole discussion about it earlier. Um, It's about 45 minutes outside of my hometown in Wilmington, North Carolina, and this is my first time actually drinking their wine because I was a child (laughs) when I lived in Wilmington, Um, and I had my learner's permit, and my mom would drive out to the Duplin Winery and uh, get cronk on that Duplin wine and then have me drive home because I had a learner's permit. (laughs)
2: Because that's what you do. That's why you have kids. I was that's basically exactly my it.
0: mom's DD. That was my, <laughs> that was my time with my learner's permit. Was my mom was like, "That's cool. That means I get to drink now whenever I want." Because you're gonna drive home. And I was like, "Oh." Your mom was
2: like, "I've been waiting for this day. Finally."
0: Yeah, basically. Hey guys, Merry Christmas! Happy holidays!
2: Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! This
0: will be our last episode before 2019, bish.
2: We've been going for more than half of a year because we released in May.
0: We did. Oh my gosh! My how time flies. It does. And this is episode thirty-three, and our favorite guest is back, and that's Miss Mary Angela Savendra. Tell them about yourself. You've been here before, but if you're new to the show, here's Mary Angela.
1: Hey, I'm Mary Angela, making my third appearance. Do so I get a special jacket for being on? Hold on, on. I feel
2: like I'm not hearing you now. Me? Yeah, and I don't I'm see right you popping here. up in I the course. I don't record. see a fuzzy I, thing I do either. See me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, you're no, right. No, I see me and Sarah. Yep, Eric! Yeah, Eric. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you. We were you. worried. Go for it.
1: You were worried. So, You're telling oh, us how you us are. Right. So, hi, I'm Mary Angela, and I've been on this podcast two other times, and this is my third time, and I'm super excited. The other two times were, was me talking about things I know and have experienced, and this is one that I just researched all by myself. So I'm excited to so bring you exciting. something where I'm like, I don't know firsthand nothing about this. I just it's researched like you're one stuff of that was us. interested to me. And I was like, cool, I'm going to come on here and talk about it. One so, of us. One, one of us. But well, the research was inspired by your previous podcast. About crap so was about knocked crap. on these nuts. Yes, exactly. Let's name that episode.
0: <laughs> I know it is. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Yep. You're you welcome. You're so, welcome. Um, so
1: yeah, so that's me. I do theater around here and I'm awesome. That's all.
0: She's a She's right. friend and fan of the show and we film in her house our sound man Eric is Mary Angela's husband it's a whole uh it's a whole system it works really well for us Yeah 33 episodes worth <laughs> um, Yeah here we go
2: Keep going Do you have anything to plug I i do have a show to plug um i will be opening my show over the river and through the woods at allen's lane starting on january 11th i believe running the last three weekends through january so if you're able to come out do so it'll be a very cute warm and fuzzy feeling family comedy Um, definitely bring food and drinks preferably extra drinks because that'll make it funnier um so yeah if you have a chance come out and see that do you have anything to plug
0: just my one woman show at this time which isn't until april it's april okay. 5th and it's currently untitled but it's going to be at the rotunda on walnut street here in philadelphia mm-hmm. one night only one night only um and it's going to be um uh, just me uh doing stuff on a stage for your entertainment so um, how many
2: weekends does that run
0: it's just one night only <laughs> one night only I don't know any other lyrics to the song. All right,
1: um, but yeah. Do you have anything to plug? I don't. I'm on break. <laughs> we just All finished a right, well. show I'm together. The show I was, was, like, just this in is was the directed time by the I am not doing a show for two months, and then I'll start doing a show and I'll do shows straight through till this time next year. So that's like, what this she is do, me. y'all. This is my vacation until March.
2: We can announce now, Mary Gerard, which to a certain degree
1: became a brainchild from
0: from this, this podcast
1: it's true that'll be in september it's going to be part of the fringe uh festival the first weekend of the run and then it runs for two weekends after that so lots of opportunities to see it it's going to be freaking awesome starring
0: our very um, own sarah Heddens as yes. the titular mary gerard it's going to be great a philadelphia story you guys might remember episode one. Yep.
2: Did we mention in episode yep. one? Episode one, we ended up mentioning this show and Stephanie brought it up.
0: And That's a law of attraction, guys. Here we are. You yeah, will was it like, into we... being. You talk about it. You think about it. You make it happen. Here it is. There you go. So Kasha.
1: damn! And I hope to dig in deeper. I hope to dig in deeper to his whole history and some that stuff that we Drard. don't know. Yes, sorry, yes, the Stephen Jones, famous Drard. philanthropist. During these parts, feel like there's just so much to the story we don't know, and so much to her story. And I'm, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, yeah, it's gonna be cool.
0: I'm so excited. Oh. You guys, y'all ready to talk about some ghosts?
1: Yes.
0: Really ghosts, per se. Yeah.
1: I looked up more weird stuff than ghosts this time. Angela, yeah, tell us time. about your holiday weird shit. Tell us about your holiday weird
2: so shit. So
1: when I was listening to your episode all about the Krampus and all that stuff, I started realizing that on a few different occasions, like just weird lore from this time of year from various countries and centuries and centuries ago keep like crossing my path and so i was like i've never really like looked deep into anything and i'm like i'd like to know more about this stuff so i started looking into it and i found some really crazy like legends and urban myths and whatever you want to call them um, from different countries what I found really interesting is that almost all of them involve terrifying children or beating on children oh, yeah. or children abducting and killing scary. children. Right. <laughs> isn't
2: almost... isn't that how you're supposed to like help raise a
1: child? Isn't right, that... keep them in line. You're supposed, <laughs> right. to, beat you're supposed them, to beat them, right? Right because I'm like if I were a kid in the 1600s who grew up believing that this was about to happen to me I would be the most well-behaved child you've ever met <laughs> like I don't want like these things happening I want to me right a exactly Krampus, I don't I don't want to be abducted and turned into stew but then I'm also just like where do these things like get their start is it just about controlling the children or were there people like literally abducting children? and They're we're like, we gotta, to... w- we gotta explain this away. So let's, uh, it's a thing. It's a demon. It's not real. It's a this, and here comes this story about it. Like I don't know. Either way, it's terrifying. <laughs> Either way, children are being beaten, right, <laughs> and/or turned into stews. Yes, that's... But
2: she glossed over that point real fast. Right, I was I was like, like, that is, that's real that's fast. A child
0: stew, or made quick.
1: into a stew. But we're going to talk about something else real fast. No, we're we're going to get to that because that's one of my stories. I'm just, just saying that's a common thread amongst stew? many of the... stew yeah. Children's stew. Whoa, there were three different people I read about. Not all of them am I going to talk about, but three different people who were like putting kids into stews. I thought she was going to say was, like, three different what? recipes. Like, no. The child's too. is crazy. Anyway. <laughs> Who knew back, the holidays back, were based bedrooms? on? Ooh. So the first one that I came across, and you helped me pronounce this, was Belschnickel. Belschnickel. Right. Belschnickel. I'm
2: basing that pronunciation off of The Office. Like
1: here, right. So, and office. based on the way it's spelled, it looks like it's Belschnickel. So let's just say it's that. And it's German. And Belschnickel sounds German to me. and just Belschnickel. Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds right. So anyway, he's kind of a creepy dude who wears rags and carries a large switch. Guess what the switch is for? For
0: beating children. <laughs> yeah,
1: you got it. Um, and really what the Belschnickel does was travel around the villages in Germany and check in on the children. And if the children were, you know, good little children, then cool. Belschnickel's on his merry way. If the children were terrible, they'd be like, well, I'm going to beat you. And then maybe you'll still get presents at Christmas, but you're getting a beating first. Um, or if you were really, really bad, well, then you just got a beating and he took all of your stuff. <laughs> like, he was like, not only were you terrible, but now I'm taking everything. You know, I'm going to jump you. <laughs>
0: I'm stealing all the presents you've ever gotten in your fucking little life. <laughs> Basically. You're starting from I'm scratch. i yeah. Does
2: Belschnickel these nuts? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could Did see where them? that would be
1: kind of controlling. Like, I would, you know, again, be kind of terrified of, you know, I want to be behaved because when the Belschnickel shows up at my door, I want to be like, I am a good little child. Please don't. Bell schnack on these
0: nuts. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's better.
0: All right, I'm sorry. Bell schnickling on
1: you. So he was one of the terrifying ones. The other one that I thought was really interesting was this whole idea of Gryla, who is a lady ogre. Gryla. She's Icelandic. And Gryla is actually the mother of um, the Yule Lads. Now, they have another name. They're Yule Lads, and they're also called something else and the I'm elves. sorry as elves. right basically they're, they're mischievous children who live in the mountains and they're the children of Gryla the ogre and they come down out the of the Yule mountains <laughs> that's I mean they call there's 13 of them they come down there's out of the mountains of and they basically infest your home and the idea is that they infest one at a time so they you know, one shows up on the first day, and then the next one shows up on the second day. So by the time you get to Christmas, you have all 13 of them in their house, your house, and then they leave in the order of which they arrived. So they one at a time each day leave. So this could take like, all month, you could be stuck with these tormentous lads in your house. And generally speaking, like, especially modern days, the myth is fairly benign they're mischievous they leave your cabinets open they spill food they sounds like a poltergeist right exactly they do stuff like that um in the early days of course because we were into beating and eating children um if you were a bad child you could get abducted and taken back to their home to be fed in a stew to gryla their mother so <laughs> like you didn't want to misbehave when the yule lads showed up because you could be like no i'm a good child so and the they would show on the up show I
2: was like, it's like the worst Elven Advent calendar. Yeah. But here's the real kicker:
1: they only took children who didn't get new clothes for Christmas.
0: Oh my God, we've so been, if you, you not good, but your parents didn't think to buy you clothes. But if your you parents didn't buy you
1: clothes, because that was a sign of like you were you were a really good child if you got clothes, then they would, you know, if you if you got clothes, you were safe. But if you didn't, like, see, ya, you're coming back with you're us, Remember, baby, We're now. feeding you to to stew, yeah. So something that they used to do, I mean, there's many uses for the Yule log, but people in these days would then burn the Yule log to keep out the Yule lads because they came in supposedly through your chimney.
2: Oh, I thought they would burn the Yule lads claiming they were Yule logs. No.
1: If you burn the Yule log in your fireplace then the Yule lads, can't come down your chimney. So that's kind of protects you from the Yule lads. But I was like, what? Like, not only are we into like beating children, but now we're making children scared of other children. Like, what kind of crazy children come down out of a mountain? Well,
2: they don't sound like children. They sound like... Elves or... Awful, tiny people.
1: Yes. (laughs) True story. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. So, that was the Yule Lads, And then, in the same story I read about Swarty Pete. So, do you guys know who Swarty Pete is, right? There's a lot of controversy around Swarty Pete. I was like,
0: because Swarty Pete is like... It's like a slur. Swarty is like
2: i don't know what this is not exactly i've never
1: heard this phrase in my life it's um it's what's the language is it dutch no it's uh, swarty. swarthy yeah it's spelled z-w-a-r-t-e and pete is p-i-e-t because oh, my phone sorry it <laughs> won't open for me where are you swarthy pete here you That's are like a Black Dutch Christmas.
0: He is. They dress up in like blackface and have like a sword. It's the Pete ne- it's the
1: Netherlands. Okay, and yes, and so Swarthy is bastards. black. So he's Black Pete, and the I, the thinking behind him is that he was a Moor because the basically the legend of him or something it came from by way of Spain, and so they're they're thinking he's supposed to be Santa Claus's like right hand, so like his helper his servant whatever his slave basically um but no he's a Moor, like othello and they get real sensitive they tried to like politically correct him up and be like look we need to stop doing blackface and making this big deal about it and the people of the netherlands were like you can't do this don't tell this me is... i
0: can't celebrate swarthy Pete. right this is
1: like cherished you know Christmas it's tradition. tradition. Exactly. Yes. Like, it's been happening for hundreds of years. I'm like, that doesn't necessarily make it right. And they uh, dress up in blackface. And they're like, I'm Swarty Pete. Bop, bop, bop. Did they learn
0: nothing from a Amer- man? <gasps>
1: That's Swarty Pete. Like, he just oh, my her God. A God. Of her. tiny blackface. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: Why is he smiling? Stop. I don't. Really oh. frizzy hair. Like, oh.
1: this whole thing. Right. And... The soups race. He's, you know, really a fairly he's he himself doesn't beat children or put them in stews he actually gives children candy so his function is really everything else is against him right exactly (laughs) he's a nice guy but but (laughs) he he gives the children candy um but yeah that still like falls on the line of being like what is this and why is this a thing but they freaking love him over there Mm -hmm. um and so then the last one That I came up with is um, his name literally in French means uh, "whipping father," and I'm gonna really mess this up. Le Pierre Foutard, F O U E T T A R D, Foutard. I don't know. Foutard. Sounds like fartard. Anyway, Foutard. Pierre.
2: Pierre farted. He his like- his
1: nickname is the Whipping Father because he was like super hard on children, go figure. Whoa, and, gross. You know, just being like, you know, if you're if you're a bad child, not only are you gonna get whipped, but he was the one who would kidnap you and put you into a stew. Now, here's where the story gets really weird. After that, the story goes that Saint Nicholas shows up at his inn to have some stew and realizes bad what children. he's done. So then he resurrects the children <gasps> to set them free. <gasps> but, but they're in pieces. I mean, I guess they come back together. The story what? doesn't oh, really say what happened. What if they've been, like, part <laughs> of them have been eaten? So what happens? What happens? It just says he resurrects the children. But then he takes on Le Pierre Foutard as his, like, servant. So then this guy follows him around. So the legend is He's that like, that bad call on the stew, but like, let me take you under my wing
0: and Look, show you Look, I what's can fix you. So I'll he, take you to
1: church. I can fix you. I can fix you. He rides around oh, with Santa to whip like the Janus naughty Santa children. Santa. Yep. That's his, that's his whole job. He's like, cool. You like to put children in stews. I've got a job for you. You just fly around with me. <gasps> I've got the job for you, And if the man. children are naughty, you can beat them with your stick. <laughs> like, don't eat them. Don't eat them. But you can beat them. But you can into, beat them with your stick.
0: But you can beat them with sticks because that's cool. That's fair.
1: Um, yeah, so that was, who was that? Oh, that was, yeah, Le Pierre. That was the Pierre weirdest farted. one. The biggest stew guy. So then I started looking into things that weren't necessarily legends and, like, you know, weird stuff like that, but actual stories that we know and love from Christmas time that might actually not be 100% what we think. And the first one, it wasn't the first one I came up with, but the one that really jumped out to me was the story of the Nutcracker. So have you guys seen the Nutcracker? I haven't. Oh, really? Yeah, well, years and years ago. I mean, different <laughs> versions of it. Right. Okay. So, for the gist of anything you've ever seen about the Nutcracker, what do you think the Nutcracker is about?
0: This little girl having a dream about her toys coming to life, and there's like magical Nutcracker, and and she meets a prince. I thought the prince was the Nutcracker for some reason, but
2: the, the, nutcracker's the Nutcracker's there. Shows. And then but there's it's all the mice. There's a dream, mice. And it's the ballet. And there's, there's a there's mouse mice, king. And there's yeah. And someone dances.
1: I mean that's not inaccurate, <laughs> <laughs> not at all what the story really is. I mean little bits and pieces. I saw one where it was
2: done with all fruit. It was like a cartoon.
0: Mm. There was a version with Macaulay Culkin of was the Nutcracker. There? Of the Nutcracker. There just I now a that. new version's being released this year, I'm like, like a fancy I'm Walt Disney <laughs> But I remember being like, "Isn't that a ballet? Like, why? What's he doing there?" Oh, what's Macaulay Culkin was there? a child
1: ballerina, in case you didn't know. I, didn't I, know. I actually oh. learned that on the Ellen. I watched an episode Fun of Ellen. Well, then that would make sense as to why he was, was in, in the, the Night Nutcracker. Cracker. Yeah, that wow. would make sense. Look at him. Yeah,
0: what from 1993, you, 1993 there's a version of the Nutcracker with Macaulay Culkin. Right, because I would be. When and he's the dancing. Nutcracker Prince. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, I'm not crazy. How old was he? Well, it was 93. He's like 38 now.
1: He'd have been kind of young.
0: Yeah, so he would have been like 13.
1: Yeah, and he danced until he was like a teenager. He
0: was born in like 1980, right?
1: Oh, maybe. Sounds about right. I'm looking. <laughs>
0: I have to know now. He was in those Google Home commercials. Yes, he was born in 1980, so he was 13 when he was in the Nutcracker. Yeah, that's oh. not right. Called it. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. But yes, there was a Macaulay Culkin version of it. I didn't see it, but thats I knew
1: that it existed. So the gist of the story, it's one of these things like Hans Christian Andersen stories where you're like, cool, that's a cool idea, but kind of weird altogether. Like, not as fairy-taly as we think fairy tales are, because I guess back in the day, fairy tales were really terrifying. Girl. They were to teach kids a lesson. Right.
0: Little match, girl. I
2: don't <laughs> want to talk about it. that do, but continue. That kills continue, me. Continue.
1: It is the saddest story ever. Um, okay, so oh, I don't want to look that up. No, please go back. There yeah, go. not Sorry. Little Match Girl. No, I, was, I want to talk about. That. No, to me. Boy. Okay, so the story is this: it's about a girl who gets a nutcracker gifted to her for Christmas, Got it. and her brother breaks the nutcracker trying to crack open a particularly large nut. Okay, rude. Her brother, broken nutcracker. Brothers. And she's so upset about it that at night she like. Falls asleep under the Christmas tree, like, arms around this poor, broken, dilapidated nutcracker, because she's all like, boo-hoo, my nutcracker. It was terrible. Um, And she's real upset about it. So, uh, that night, while everyone's asleep, Marie sneaks back downstairs. I said all that. She falls asleep, and it's a whole sad thing. Um, So, when she wakes up, (laughs) okay, she actually is the size of the nutcracker. She's miraculously shrunk. Tiny. Right, to be with them. Um, And... Appearing in front of her is this seven headed mouse king. So, usually in the Nutcracker, when we watch like the ballet or whatever, it the it's mouse just King has, one, has one head, right? But in the story, it was a seven headed rat, basically. That's terrifying, right? That's like you also would think
2: I would think the seven heads are not like horizontal, they go in a circle, right? Like you'd have head, 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 head. head, head. Either way, awful. So like I
1: wouldn't head want to come head-to-head head head with a life-size a rat king. regular rat king, much less a seven-headed rat king.
2: Yeah, then you'd be going head-to-head-to-head-to-head-to-head-to-head.
1: Exactly. To head-to-head. Head. So as if that's not terrifying enough. could kill. good, <laughs> In order to protect herself from said seven-headed rat king, she has to get all the toys to, like, stand up for her and, like, help come to her fight. That's where the soldiers come in. That's where you think there's a prince. It's not necessarily a prince. I think the Nutcracker is one well, of the fighters. Him the
0: Nutcracker prince.
1: That was mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin. Uh, maybe that's his name in the ballet. But, like, in the story, it's like, hey, we're all soldiers, toy soldiers and toy animals, and we're, you know, the Nutcracker coming to your rescue because you loved me so much and I broke, I don't know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so they all come and fight. And at the end of it, she falls asleep and she wakes up the next day and she's, you know, back to her normal size, but the room is totally trashed. Like, something really epic has happened there and she's like, whoa. There's a human size (laughs) 7 heavy right here. (laughs) I'm pretty sure not. It's just a mess. And she thinks it was a big dream. So then it, like, goes forward. The story goes forward years later where um, Marie professes her love for the Nutcracker. She's like, been pining over him all these years, and she's like, I love you so much. you wait,
0: I'm sorry, over a, a over small, tiny wooden nutcracker? nutcracker. Yep, she's like, You're the one for me, nutcracker.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Ooh, I crack like these nuts. Um, That's so once life. she does that, when she admits to like her love for him, she finds herself the next day tiny again, tiny again, but now it's permanent, and she lives happily ever after with, with the, nut the nutcracker cracker? all the rest of her days. Yes. The fuck. Exactly. That's the story of the Nutcracker. Where you're like, um... What?
2: How do they...
1: (sighs) All right, Right. I don't know why people are like, this is a beloved tale. And I'm like, I get it. I remember her kind of being in love with... Like, the the, the prince. The character that you come to know ends up being the Nutcracker. But... It's also just like this is not the greatest. An inanimate dream. object. And years later, like after the dream, it's like been years, and then she's, she's all like, like a grown ass no, woman, and she's like, you.
0: "I've never gotten over my first love, the this Nutcracker." nutcracker.
2: <laughs> she's like seeing other dudes, the Nutcrackers on the mantle, and she like turns them around. <laughs> <laughs> she just closed exactly. her eyes and
0: sees like. <laughs> That's what she's into. That's what I need.
2: Chomp on these nuts. On these nuts. (laughs) 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 Ow. Don't chomp on these nuts. So
1: after reading that story, I decided to change gears and look into like unsolved mysteries or weird like. Around Christmas. True. Yeah. Things that surround it. And there were two that stood out. I found an article that had like 15 and they're usually like hitchhikers by the side of the road on Christmas Eve and someone picks them up and they never see them again or person crossing a bridge and they hear like sounds and then say whatever sounds legit yeah all those things um and i was like those aren't very interesting but these two actually were and the first one's relatively recent in the sense that it is like the 90s so 1996 and it took place in virginia annandale virginia which is outside dc If you're not familiar um and basically there is a memorial park it's a like you know cemetery and there was a jane doe found in there at christmas and she had well, she had a note with her that basically said she was killed by her own hand, and there was no autopsy necessary, and she had $100 in an envelope, and it was like, I'd like to be cremated, and here's $100 to pay for it, and my name is Jane Doe. Like, so didn't sign her real name, and nobody... The exactly. Knew, Sounds legit. ...knew who she was or, like, why she was there. She died... They think they found... It was two drugs. I didn't write that part down. I'm sorry, but they found drugs in her system, so she took some drugs and basically went to the cemetery and then she put a plastic bag around her head and, and, suffocated, and herself. Basically suffocated herself she had headphones on and a walkman and what she was listening what to was 1996 she was listening to the I two i didn't
2: expect it to be so soon i don't know why i thought you said a, an like earlier date i wasn't expecting it to be like no nope. you know, in what, the 90s what was in on in the, the last walkman? 20 years
1: she was listening to the 2000 year old man by mel brooks and carl reiner that stand-up bit the 2000 year old man she was just listening to it on a comedy tape, like on a tape, cassette tape, and it was on oh, when they found her. And she didn't want to leave her name and like anything. And nobody to this day knows yeah, who, she, who she was. She's just cremated and buried as Jane, Jane Doe. Yep.
2: Who and would put like, a plastic oh. bag over their head to suffocate themselves as their preferred method of how well, to die? Well, she also took a bunch of
0: drugs. She took a bunch of like That barbe I, barbe I understand. To, like, I, I so that I she wouldn't, wouldn't be like, bah!". she was just like, uh, Ugh. I
1: don't out like that. I guess Sounds maybe there awful. was a concern she would wake back up. Ugh. But yeah, I mean, I know the holidays are hard, and that's a kind of like, what, but what would... It is just so weird. And she wasn't recognized. Like, they had a, a picture of her, and people didn't, like, know who she was. So people are hmm. wondering, was she even from around there? Did she drive to be there? Was Damn. there some reason? Hmm. We'll never know, because she's Jane Doe.
2: Damn, it just makes me think also, is there a family out there who's, like, missing... A family member, and they yeah. have no idea.
1: Ugh. Well, you'd think with a bunch of press around it, but maybe, maybe not.
2: Maybe if she went far enough away. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: So then the other one that I found, and the last one that I have for you, is um, basically the mystery surrounding the night before Christmas, the story. So I'm not sure, because I didn't try this myself, but can one of you Google... Um, The Night Before Christmas, and or A Visit from St. Nicholas, the poem, and tell me who wrote it. Should we both be Googling, or just one person? I mean, if one of you can get it.
2: I think she's on it.
1: Cool. Clement
0: Clark Moore? Clement Clark Moore. (laughs) Interesting. So, A Visit from Santa Claus, more commonly known as The Night Before Christmas, and Twas the Night Before Christmas, from its first line, is a poem first published anonymously in 1823 and later attributed to Clement clark moore who claimed authorship in 1837 great cool
1: there's another sentence but i'll let you finish exactly i was like so that that is who we know i was like that is who everybody credits this story to it was published um like you said anonymously and it was several years later that here comes clement clark moore who's like cool i did it i did it because i was embarrassed that it was like wasn't scholarly enough i'm a scholar and i felt this was just like too like childish or childreny but people freaking loved it and then it got huge and then of course he was like oh no it's me it's me it's I totally want to do this the thing is is that there's a huge like bubble of mystery around this because there's a lot of people a whole school of people who are like yeah I don't think he did it we're pretty sure he just came forward because no one else did, and he was all like, "I want some money and some fame," and so I to be like, "I wrote it." Sure, I yeah, that it. was
2: me, guys. Yeah, no, totally.
1: So there's a large school of scholars who think that um, a Dutchman named Henry Livingston Jr. actually wrote it, and they think this because of the names of the because well, a couple reasons. He was a writer. And a lot of his other poems and essays have the same kind of feel and the same kind of cadence and the same kind of style as this one. So that piece makes sense. The biggest piece of evidence, which is what really sold me on this, where I was like, yeah, no, dude, like, who are you, Clement Clark Moore? Like, you don't know squat, was the names of the reindeer. And I should have pulled this up before I started talking about it, but... um, (laughs) You know the reindeer, right? What
2: are the reindeer On names? Dasher, on Dancer, on... Prancer, on
0: Vixen, Vixen. on Comet, Comet on Cupid, Cupid, on Donner, on Blitzen. Yeah,
1: so it's those last two.
0: <laughs> Donner and Blitzen. hmm
1: Where, let me just pull it up, sorry. Gotta scroll. I had it all, like, bookmarked and flagged. and You know how the Google is. Um, here you are. Okay, so the last two, if you were actually a Dutchman you would have named those two, um, where are you? Here you are. You would have named them Dunder and Blixem, because basically what that mean, means is lightning and thunder. Mm-hmm. Like the last two of your reindeer would be lightning and thunder, dragging your sleigh, that would be right. But they think it got changed by a typo when it was printed into the paper, onto Donner and Blitzem. So when this other guy, Clement Clark Moore, wrote it, he wrote it, that way, with the way it was printed. But it was like, actually, the writer would have known that wasn't what he actually wrote. He wrote this because he's Dutch, and that's those are Dutch names for thunder and lightning. So I was like, yep, that kind of says it to me, where I was like, here's a guy who doesn't write in this style, who basically, the excuse he gave for not claiming it earlier was that it wasn't scholarly enough. He was worried people wouldn't think it was scholarly enough. Mm -hmm. Next to this Frenchman, who, I mean sorry this Dutchman who was you know this style of writer and would have named the reindeer appropriately really. um, but the thing is is he died he died four years after it was released oh. so by the time this other guy comes forward he's dead he can't come forward and be like no it was me for real it was me because he was no longer around. Holy so crap. We're Damn. We're not sure. Like, who, who did it? Is, it? is it really Clement Clark Marr, like everybody says? Or was it really Henry Livingston Jr.? Dang. Was it Shakespeare? Or was it Christopher Marlowe? Yeah, I mean, you know, those authors back in the day, cutthroat business, that is.
2: Dang. So yeah. Those are my stories. Cutthroat Christmas story business. Right. <laughs> we lost many a good man to the story of Rudolph.
0: So, The Little Match Girl. No!
2: It <laughs> was
0: written by Hans Christian Andersen. I don't like it. And the thing is, my family used to read this fucking story together, like, every That's awful. <laughs>
2: like, all the time. That's awful. The
0: illustrations were really pretty. But, um,
2: yeah, you're really prettily watching a girl. I don't know if died. you
0: know about, um, like the original Little Mermaid, but like I do, it was really brutal awful. and awful. And the walking around on her legs felt like walking on glass all the time, like it was horrible. And because she didn't make him fall in love with her, she, she just turned, turned into sea foam. sea foam. Anyway, nope. so that was written by Hans Christian Andersen. So my friends for my, I guess it was my 18th birthday, 18th or 19th birthday. Um, when I went home to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, um, uh, a bunch of stuff, you know, was my presence. But two people had bought me the recent release of The Little Mermaid on, like, the two-disc, like, special edition DVD, and one of them had to return it and exchange it for Fern Gully. They, I think they rock, paper, scissored it over, like, who was going to return it. But anyway, one of the special features is that there was, like, an illustrated short of The Little Match Girl. <laughs> Um, in the same style of, like, uh, Fantasia, where, like, it was just the music, there was no dialogue, and it was just illustrated. They have it on Netflix. Yeah, that little Match Girl thing. So
2: it's, it's in, there's a whole, uh, animated, Disney animated shorts, special on netflix and it's and one, one of the, the shorts. Girl. it sure
1: is
0: it, it's nestled yep. in
2: between like happy ones so yep. they get you and you're watching like oh, this is fun this is so, fun this is pretty this is oh my god if
0: you're not familiar with the story of the little match girl turn off
2: this podcast start it up again <laughs> because don't want to ruin your holidays
0: so um this little girl her family is like we're really poor And it's Christmas Eve, and you need to go sell these fucking matches, and don't come home until you sell all of the matches. And so this little girl's, like, out in the street, and she's, like, like, hey, you want to buy my matches? And it's, like, snowing, (laughs) and she's, like, freezing to death, and no one's buying her matches. So she's, like, let me just light one of these matches. She lights a match, and, like, with the first match, she sees, like, a big Christmas feast. And it's like, oh my gosh, she can see inside this house and there's this beautiful table and it's set with all the things and all the food she could possibly eat. And she's like, oh my God, yes. And the fucking match goes out and she's like, oh shit, it's like really cold. She's like, let me light another match. <laughs> so she lights another match.
2: I hate this. I hate that you're telling this and whole every, thing. And
0: every, every match that she lights, right, there's like this more extravagant, like more beautiful thing in front of her, right? So she gets down to, like, her last fucking match. And I imagine she has no shoes, too. Like, she's just barefoot in the snow. <laughs> it's, like, so sad. So she has, like, the last little book of matches, and she just fucking lights them all. And there's, like, this feast, and there's all these presents, and she's, like, this warm house and shit. And her dead grandmother is there. <laughs> she's like, hey, little girl. And she's like, this match is going to go out. And she's like, that's cool. Like, come here. And we got all this food. We got these presents. Come here. Like, you're going to... Let me give you a great big hug. And um, the last match goes out, right? And she's like happy with her grandma, and everything's fine. Cause she fucking She's dead. froze to death in the
2: fucking nope. snow. That's her hallucinating on, in the final moments of freezing to death. On, it's
0: either Christmas or New Year's. I think it's Christmas. It's Christmas. I think it's Christmas. Nope. It's
2: fucking Christmas. Um
0: and uh, midnight stroke of midnight, she fucking freezes to death and goes off with her fucking grandma. <laughs>
1: Which is probably a better place for her to be. And because Her, her parents are like, in don't come home cold until you sell all these the matches. fucking matches. And they're like, okay. But Merry she's still a Christmas. child that
2: froze in the cold. She, she could have at least
1: been put in a stew. She got taken away by her grandma. By her oh, grandma. That's really sweet. But I mean, she yeah, from- she didn't end up in a stew. She didn't end up in a stew. <laughs> 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 or have candy thrown at her by swarthy Pete. So, <laughs> she
0: just ended up frozen to death in the street clutching burned out matches. <laughs>
2: That's way better. And no shoes. (laughs) Oh, no. Sarah's so upset. Don't. Merry fucking Christmas.
0: (laughs) She did this to me. So, fairy
1: tales, man, they're fucked up. They're all fucked up. All the Christmas Christmas legends and lores are all, like, Behave, behave, behave! Don't be poor. Your parents will send you out in the snow to freeze to death selling matches. Selling so
2: like, nice. <laughs> I matches. Mean, my parents didn't fucking do your
1: come home and
0: sell all the goddamn matches. Ours
2: was candy bars. The school. Oh was the candy god, ride. I hated school those candy, candy
1: bar bars. sales. Those were the worst.
0: And they were always like, "Don't go door to door." And you're like, "Cause I'm supposed to just know 12 adults that want a magazine subscription." Thanks. Because
2: my mom's not taking this shit to her to office work. again. She's not
1: doing this. No, she's done. She's over it. She's wrapping paper. I had to sell wrapping. Paper. Oh, That's I shit. forgot about that one too. Yep. Wrapping paper. It's all that was the dude, worst. God. They're like, people will want know. wrapping paper. Christmas is coming. I'm like, people will go to the store like normal buy people and buy paper. wrapping paper. Why would they wait
0: 12 weeks for you to deliver wrapping paper? Right. You
1: know, Dollar That's
2: General sells wrapping paper for a dollar. <laughs> fuck you. I don't need your fucking money. No one's like wrapping buying paper. wrapping Merry paper. fucking Christmas.
0: <laughs> this is a good episode. I know,
2: guys. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry past Christmas. Right. I hope. Happy then.
0: New Year's. Happy, Happy days. So um, thank you so much for listening. If you want a sticker, all you have to do is give us a review, uh, preferably five stars, yes. on iTunes or Facebook. Take a screenshot. And then slide it into our DMs, either on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram, it's Dead Time Stories, all one word with a Z on the end. Or, of course, Dead Time Stories with a Z, at gmail.com. Send it to your review, and you'll get that fucking sticker. will send
2: it right to you. And
0: I was... A little birdie told me we were getting a Christmas dick, and it's Christmas Eve, and little I haven't seen it. sticker. So... You know, we want to see some gift wrap dicks. We would
2: love to see those Christmas dicks before
0: the new year fully hits. You guys still have got a few or more days. Your baby dick, like it's got a little diaper on it, a little no, diaper because That's a whole lot of. That's, not true. that's a whole Five. lot of dick. Yeah, because it's a lot <laughs> of like, dick. You in little the... <laughs> diaper.
1: Yeah, just...
2: Speaking of a whole lot of dick, thank you guys for listening to us dick around for the better part of a year. Yeah,
0: yeah. Th- thirty-three episodes. That's nothing. Uh, we're to going scoff at 2019, six years, six months, dude.
2: Six months. Go Let's on. keep it going. Let's Tell your friends. Do it. Tell Let's your friends. Review
0: us. Tell your friends to review us. Yes. Follow us on all the social media platforms. If you want to follow us personally. I'm S C K E R N I S A N. That's S C Kernison, my last name. That's me on Instagram. Sarah is at Over Your Headins. H E D D I N S. Mary Angela is at Mo Mary, which is M O M A R I. Mo Mary. Mo Mary. Mo Mary. Mo Mary. Is in reference to Mo Money. Because why not? Because it's <laughs> the early 90s It was a good time um, Thank you so much for listening thank you guys. I'm Stephanie I'm Sarah And I'm Mary Angela And this has been Dead time, Dead time Stories Happy Holidays Thanks for listening guys Happy Holidays Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddins and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow Artwork by Rennie Slackman